I almost I almost wanted to put Ronnie Johnson in <clears throat> as a duo because he played alongside somebody in my list. But yeah, he was up there. I know I had quite a lot of Bolton fans mentioning who was it? Goodney Bergson. We had who else was there? There was loads. There was loads. Yeah. Bolt, Bolton like I think it was that tier like late nineties. They had a real string of like Icelandic, Norwegian players. Um, oh. Egil Ostenstadt uh, was mentioned, like down in um, Southampton. Um, yeah, like like I said, just loads of names coming out of the woodwork, and just flashbacks to kind of to the Merlin kind of Panini sticker era when I was collecting my sticker albums. All the oh. uh, the old Scandinavians coming up then, but uh, yeah, no, it's a tough one. Certainly some big names have been in the Prem from that region. Yeah, I think they were the first sort of foreign import, really. Like, obviously now we're seeing all sorts of countries coming over. I think a lot of Brazilians at the moment. The French was kind of the big one in the mid-90s. But I think Scandinavians have been here kind of longer than anyone. I think they've been here since yeah, they, like the, the 80s or yeah, something. I, was like, I was trying to weigh up. I was like, I wonder, like, in terms of... Like you say, like Scandinavians, South Americans, like of those regions, which players have been the most successful in the Premier League? And I reckon Scandinavia, probably in terms of like players from that region and what trophies they've won with Premiership clubs, probably uh, outweighs a lot of kind of the South American nations. But I suppose it comes to the territory; it's a lot closer, isn't it? So, but uh, yeah, no, some exciting, some exciting names popped up and. Uh, yeah, proper flashbacks. Love it. Yeah, so do you, do you want to kick us off with your number 10? Yeah, so number 10, I've gone with, um, he's an icon. He's still playing, and I believe he started in um, Malmo, Sweden. It's Latan. I probably am denied with this because I think he only had, was it two seasons at Man United? Yeah, I think but it was two, yeah. For me, it was... I don't know whether I'm the only one with this, but like Zlatan almost, everyone knows he's, he's a serious athlete and he's a serious footballer. And he's just gone, you know, from country to country, you know, won the leagues, you know, top goal scorer, this, that and the other. And um, I just felt, you know, he came to Man United at the time they needed a bit of a lift. He, uh, I think first season he did all right. I don't think he hit the 20 mark in terms of goals, but he was up there. And for me, I think it was just good to see him, see him in the Prem. So he's number 10 for me. I, yeah, I didn't have him in because of longevity. But I think that one, that first season you're talking about, this was where United fans were claiming that they'd won a treble. I think it was made up of the Charity <laughs> Shield, the Europa League and the League Cup. Yeah, it's a stretch. You could ever get. But he was, he was pretty important in, I think he might have scored in, all the finals, um, and yeah, that that season you said you think he didn't get twenty in the league, but he probably did get twenty five, thirty in all all comps, and yeah, he was. I guess if he was a bit younger, he might have he might have stayed the course. Yeah, I was going to say because age wasn't on his side either when he came mm. to the Prem. So um, yeah, and that, like I said, with all the names that were coming up, and I was like, nah, it's Latan. He's got to appear. He's such an icon. You know, he's plastered all over Sweden. When I've been to Sweden, like, Zlatan is just everywhere. So, yeah, he, he had to fill, he had to appear somewhere and uh, he took the number 10 spot. Okay. So, my number 10 is a, I don't know what to call him, a streets won't forget footballer. 
But he was another icon for probably different reasons, and that is Morton Gamps Pedersen. Oh, what, a, what a throwback. Rocket of a left foot. Love scoring against Man United. And, uh, yeah, it, I think this list just proves I'm not biased, actually, because if, if it was one of my favourite Scandinavians, it'd be a lot higher up. Uh, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it, he was one of these that... I remember if you just watched the match of the day exclusively, I think you'd probably think he's one of the best players in the whole league. Yeah. Because um, he was a real highlights player. But, yeah, so some of the names above him have achieved quite a lot more. But he, he's definitely as talented and more talented than uh, some of the names that are a bit higher up on my list. I, I just remember, because he, he was a one-club man, wasn't he? He stuck with Blackburn yeah. throughout his stay in England. And like, I think they got relegated like, and he stayed on as well, I think. Yeah, and like I just remember, like you know, dodgy haircuts, but a banging left foot. I'm pretty sure he scored quite a few goals, not only with his left peg, but also on the edge. He was always up there, like just mm. milling around the box. Um, I actually watched him. When was this? Was probably four years, four years ago, five years ago. I was in Tromso in Norway, and um, whenever I go abroad, I was trying to catch a local game, whatever you know, whatever the division is, league, and um, he was a uh, bought the programme, settled into my seat and saw that name and I was like, you couldn't have made it up. Like, the guy, it, the legs had gone, but you know, just the first touch, just sending people, you know, all over the place. Um, so, yeah, serious, but he's actually, he's in my list as well. I won't say where he's, he's listed, but um, yeah, a serious, a serious player. Don't know if he's going to, like James Ward-Prowse is almost following that same kind of route at the minute, because I was always amazed more than didn't go on to get a kind of a big move to somewhere like Liverpool, like Man United, like James Ward-Prowse is sticking with Southampton, even though he can bang goals in with his right foot. It's, uh, yeah, interesting to see, but a serious player, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember him being linked a lot with a lot of bigger clubs, but, yeah, I guess it just never happened for him. He's he's, where uh, he was. That's it. I think he's still, he's, I think he's still going now. He must be nearly 40. He was at Tromsø, and then he went to another... Another club up that way, Ultra FC, I think, because I kept seeing on Twitter, you know, every week he was just firing in free kicks, like in the local regional divisions up in, you know, northern Norway. Yeah, He's still I got remember it. seeing that as well. Yeah. Yeah, love, love to see it. Yeah. So who have you got at number nine? <clears throat> so my number nine is actually, it's another Norwegian, and it's another Norwegian with a hell of a left foot, John Arnarisa. Growing up, I... Um, I always had a bit of a thing for it, uh, not for Ipswich, support Ipswich, but always had a bit of a thing for Liverpool. They had that real kind of, they had a huge back line full of Scandinavians at one point. They had like Vegard, Hegem, Hoopia, Daniel Agger, and then they obviously had John Arnarisa. And the guy just, whether it was going forwards, whether at the back, whether it was free kicks, you know, um, could score goals, was exciting to watch. And he won a lot of trophies. He did all right at Liverpool. I don't, didn't win the league, but um, certainly, you know, won top European titles. And, um, yeah, he, he made it into my top ten. Really enjoyed watching him growing up. don't know if you ever played um, fantasy football, but he was a bit yeah. of a cheap code back in the day. Because he, he would have been listed oh. as a defender, and he just used to score loads. I, I think I was about ten, and I won... Um, my mum's work league, and I won like 200 quid, and a lot of that was down <laughs> to John Arnarisa's goals, actually. 
There you go. There's all, to be fair, there's still there's still a couple of less facts every now and then in fantasy football. I know Van Anhol a couple of seasons ago, and Den- yeah. uh, not Dennis, Jeffrey Schloop as well. Like, uh, yes, there's always those those left backs that love to get forwards and get an assist and get a goal. But um, yeah, no, I, like I said, I really enjoyed enjoyed watching John Arna growing up and some of the goals he scored. Um, where was the free kick against? Um, United and just let Barthez oh, yeah. for dead, like just yeah. an absolute thunderbolt. So um, yeah, he's uh, he makes the number nine position. Yeah, I, I think he's well worthy of of a top ten spot here for sure. And my number nine, I did actually forget him at first, but then I was just trying to think back to I was thinking of Aston Villa because I knew they had a few Scandinavians. I thought, oh, okay, yes, Olaf Melberg. So he's in at my nine. Uh, he was what a beast. He was hard as nails. He was, and he was <laughs> he was a player. I, I think he's probably a bit underappreciated because he's got that reputation of being a bit of a hothead and stuff. But genuinely, like for a few years, Aston Villa were pretty good defensively, and that was yeah. mostly down to him really. And I think that showed because Juventus went in for him as well, which which showed how good he was, and he was. Yeah, leader. Looking at my list, he's potentially the only one that. Oh no, he's not. But he's one of the few that actually, like, captained his side as well. Um, yeah. Another one that that loved popping up with a goal from a corner as well. I think he had a pretty decent goal scoring record for a defender too. But yeah, he's. I sort of uh, took it from the back of my brain because I didn't think of him at first. But yeah. He, He's in my ten at number nine. Yeah, he's a proper. He was a proper no nonsense defender, barking orders, and like huge for a club like Villas. You know, just needed somebody at the back there. Um, mm. I'm a pretty firm believer. Like, you know, you start from the back. You need somebody at the back there that can lead lead the defence. None of this captains. You know, strikers as captains. You want somebody centre middle of the back there that you know can. Uh, command and he certainly did that and like you said he got that move to Juventus afterwards you know that just showed how good he was and probably how underrated underappreciated maybe he was because um, I'm sure at the time there was probably you know a couple of couple of higher up there Prem clubs that would have would have taken him maybe they did we'll never know but uh, yeah certainly great to see him get that move to Juventus to to try him out you know up at that top level. Yeah he did get in a fight with someone else on my list while in Sweden duty but I, I won't I won't reveal who that is just yet <laughs> there we go right number You're eight number eight yeah and this this number eight it's the uh, it's the first Nordic player oh. to feature yep <clears throat> and actually I toyed it was really for me it was between Melberg and this guy Sammy Hoopier um, I mentioned him a minute ago, that kind of string, that, that era when uh, Liverpool had that that back four that was just full of strong Scandinavian defenders. And he, again, like Melbourne, just a massive rock at the back, just, you know, in the air, reading the game, ball at his feet, just could, like, just do everything. And uh, did everything minus the league. Like, you know, won some serious trophies. I think he went to Leverkusen. Is it Leverkusen? I'm sure he went to Germany somewhere after he that was, Liverpool. He was there at some point, yeah. Yeah, 
always like, yeah, always enjoyed watching him just because you knew he'd be at the back there wrestling with other, you know, strikers and barking orders and whatnot. Just a, uh, a proper thin, like a proper, you know, Nordic, Nordic strong defender you want at the back there. So, yeah, he makes my number eight. I certainly think he probably is, uh, if there's any Liverpool fans listening to this, probably they might call me out on this, but certainly <coughs> he, uh, I think, helped Liverpool towards a lot of those trophies just for the, you know, the, the sheer fact he can command um, the defence like he did. So, uh, yeah, big fan of Sammy Hoopier, yeah. who I think manages somewhere now as well. So uh, I think maybe he might have been maybe Leverkusen as a manager as well, possibly, mm. or a coach or something, but, yeah. Player manager. I, we don't see enough player yeah, managers these days. We don't, no. It used to be all the rage, didn't it, back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, I've uh, I've got him a bit higher. I I always used to think his partner in crime, Honcho, was a bit dodgy. Uh, yeah, and and he got him out of quite a few uh, situations, really. So I think like as much as people talk about like Gerard didn't have any teammates and stuff like that, Hopi weren't really he didn't really have a strong centre back partner and. I think the goalies behind him as well, like weren't all that either, because he wasn't really there when sort of the likes of Rayner and stuff. It, it, was it Vestervel? Was it Vestervel that year? Yeah, it was Vestervel, and then he made some dodgy mistake, and then they got Dudek in, who was all right, I suppose. Yeah, Honcho was always James a bit. There. Yeah, Honcho was always a bit like Hoopia. Yeah, like they were both like athletically kind of similar but Honcho just looked that like you say a little bit sketchy on his feet sometimes like he always had a mistake in him somewhere mm. so uh, yeah so what Hoopier is Hoopier higher up your list then he's, he's a bit higher yeah uh, okay. my, my number eight we've already mentioned John Arnarisa all to add on that really is the fact that he was ginger uh, we, yeah. we didn't talk about that but yeah He's got to be up there with one of the best ginger football players. Certainly one that didn't kind of try and dye his hair. Hide it. Or, yeah, yeah, hide it as strawberry blonde or whatever. He was fully, he's fully out there. It, yeah, he, I'm sure, didn't he have a mohawk or like a spray painted his, spray painted his... He did black at one point, was, yeah. That yeah, was, like he, he started to dye his hair. Crisis, I think. That was yeah. I, know I think he might have been at bro- Fulham or something. Yeah, his brother plays as well, or did. Um, yeah. I don't think. Oh no, but maybe his brother did get over here. He might. They. You know what? They both. They both may have been at Fulham. Um, Poss- yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah. He. Uh, I, yeah, I forgot that he's ginger. See, maybe potentially the best ever ginger footballer. Oh yeah, that's that's a. I'll write that down. That's another list. That's another list. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Am I on to number seven? Yeah. Right. So my number seven is uh, it's another Finn. And this guy, uh, as he got over 400 Premier League uh, appearances. Juicy, this is auto or spell correct on here is terrible. It's put Juicy Albert Jaskalainen. It's UC Jaskalainen. I, I can't pronounce it properly. But yeah, goalkeeper. Always had his shirt untucked. Nine times out of ten, I'm pretty sure he was number 22 in goal. Um, again, a bit like 
Morton Gamps kind of stuck. I think a lot of games he had at Bolton. Then he was at... He did play for West Ham. I'll tell you why West, I know that. What? Matt Jarvis said this is the best goalkeeper he's ever played with. Yeah. I'm like There was a number of, over the years, I've heard people mention him um, in kind of podcasts and whatnot and just saying like how underrated he was. Um, yeah. I'm almost certain as well he got pied off by a larger club for a trial and then went... Where did he go? He went somewhere. It might have been Bolton. Like, just on a whim, like, they just said, oh, yeah, come and train with us briefly, mate. There's nothing on the table for you. And they saw him in training, and they were like, yeah, this guy's uh, has got something. But, yeah, over 400 Premier League appearances. Couldn't tell you what trophies he's won. And there's probably a couple of relegations in there. But just a serious, like, serious keeper. Like, the most amazing saves, you could call him the flying thin. Yeah, always, always love watching him play. Like, you just, you always knew... At some point in a game, you'd see him flying across his goal with a big hand and keep a shot out. So, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's my number seven. Yeah, I, I said I didn't have any real honourable mentions, but I think he's actually a very strong honourable mention. I think he would have been very close to being in my ten, actually. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, yeah. isn't it? Because like, mm. like, if you go down the route of how many trophies they've won and everything like that, I was like, you know... The amount of t- players that, you know, when they, if they're with a the team and they get relegated, they jump ship and they go somewhere else. And, like, he like he just kind of obviously showed a lot of faith. I'm sure he was... Was he at Tottenham briefly as well? I'm going to have to look at his Wikipedia. Uh, he definitely went to, like, at least two other clubs that weren't Bolton or West Ham. I want to say he went to somewhere in the north as well. Can't believe I've forgotten this. It was Bolton. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia. Bolton, West Ham, and then Wigan. Wigan, that's Wigan it. Was league, Wigan was League One in Championship, and then yeah, got over wrong. He, it's over 500 appearances he had in the Premier League. There you go. Blimey. I should check my stats for foot better next time. But yeah, no, yeah. always enjoyed watching him, and he makes my number seven spot. Nice. So my number seven is also a goalkeeper. I think I know Sch- who you're going to say Schmeichel. Casper Schmeichel. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Thomas Sorensen. Okay, yeah. I mean, I know Sorensen's one of the few to save an Adam Shearer penalty, but Casper uh, <laughs> Schmeichel was pretty good at saving penalties. Well, he's still playing, isn't he? He's pretty good yeah. at saving penalties as well. Um, he's. I remember one of his first ever games in the Premier League for Man City, and he saved a Robin Van Persie penalty. And oh. it's, it's interesting whether he, he would have stayed there because him and him and Joe Hart were sort of le- level pegging, and then they brought in Shea Given, and yeah, Casper didn't really hang about whereas Joe Hart did. But I mean, he's had he's had a good career, like a really good career. I think he's in. I think he, I put him in the top ten goalkeepers. Um, it's difficult for him, though, isn't it? Because it obviously he's in his dad's shadow. But then his dad yeah. was never great at saving penalties, was he? Whereas Casper no. does that have, it, have that in his locker. Yeah. He's got a lot of personality as well, Casper, which I like. And um, yeah. to name drop another one, Dean Ammons, he, uh, he had Casper in as his, his best goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. But uh, to be fair, he didn't have that much else to choose from, I don't think. Yeah. But, yeah, he... Yeah, he was. I hate. I hate playing against Casper Schmeichel as an Arsenal fan. 
he always seems to have a worldie against us. So, yeah, there may, there may be a little bit of bias in this, being number seven. <laughs> but I think for him, you can look at it two ways, can't you, with his dad? You can look at it that it helped, or you can look at it that it made it harder. But I think he had David Seaman um, with him at Man City as well. So Right. And then David James. So, like, he's had some great goalkeepers to work with over his years. Yeah, it's, it's, without going too deep and off-piece, like, <clears throat> I was thinking about this before before we uh, we got on here to record it. I was thinking, like, you know, like, serious athletes, are they born or are they made? And, like, mm. it's, yeah, because, like, with Casper, yeah, okay, he's had his dad's connections and everything, but, like, the guy is a seriously talented keeper, like like you're saying. It, it just makes you, yeah, he's learned from the best and whatnot, but you still have to have some talent to be born with. And, um, mm. yeah, I'm, I, I, it was a name that came up when I was looking at my list, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe maybe if we recorded this after he retired, he'd probably make it. I think that's the fact for me. He's still playing, I'm like, ah, no, yeah. he's, not, he's, not, he's not ready to, to feature in the list just yet. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I've, I think letting them do their stuff and and waiting until they retire is is sometimes a good good option. Because like, if if he does have a couple of shocking final seasons with Leicester, then that's probably going to make him look a lot worse. Do you think he'll stay at Leicester? Well, I don't know what his contract situation is like, to be honest, but I can't imagine. At his sort of age, he'd particularly want to be moving, even if he's not first choice anymore. Yeah. Because I gather he's settled down there and stuff. He's been there for like 10 years. Yeah, I think, yeah. Club captain as well and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to... If he gets gets like half the games next year, I don't think you can... There's a better Premier League offer out there for him because he'd, he'd be a number two at any of the top six, really. Yeah. Days. Yeah, that's a fair shout, actually. He's probably, yeah, like you say, he's probably past that point now for big, big, big move. But then, like you said, he had that stint at Man City. He's probably seen what it's like at the, the bigger clubs and he's quite happy. He's settled, club captain mm. at Leicester. He's won the league. Yeah, just Brendan Rodgers needs to, to sort them out this season ahead. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they went a bit off, didn't they, in the last season? Yeah, it didn't quite work out for them. Bit bizarre, but uh, yeah, well, interesting one ahead for them this year, actually. I think I think a lot of people like watching Leicester. They're exciting, exciting to watch. But last year didn't didn't pan out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So you're you're number six. Yeah, my number six. I think this guy is the only. Icelandic player yeah he is to make my top 10 list and like uh, Jaskalainen he wore the number 22 shirt a lot it's Ida Johnson. again part of that contingent of Nordic slash Scandinavian players at, at Bolton then obviously went on to Chelsea I don't know if he's like forgotten or whether he's tarnished a bit because he did have a few moves after his stint at Chelsea that didn't I think he was at Stoke um, where else did he go? Tottenham possibly, and just didn't really yeah, do yeah, a lot. He, he was just like I. I always, um, I actually reckon he's quite a similar player 
uh, to somebody else that's higher up the list. But just exciting to watch. You know, he'd play out on the left there. He'd cut in. Um, he could play through the middle. You know, and again, like in the air with his feet, just could score goals. Just proper, proper exciting player to watch in that final third. And um, yeah, no, serious player, probably, uh, probably Iceland's best ever export to the Premier League. And uh, yeah, like I said, feels sometimes maybe he's forgotten a bit. Not sure why that is, but um, yeah, he makes my number six spot. Yeah, I, I do agree he's forgotten because I, I forgot him at first. He's my number six as well. But ah. I think it's the Iceland thing. I think I was forgetting Iceland as, as in there, um, as Scandinavian yeah. at first. So, yeah, I'd, this guy growing up really was kind of part of one of the main strike partnerships I can remember, him and Hasselbank. And, um, and there was one goal he scored against Leeds, a bicycle kick, which was yeah. insane. And he always used to pop up with 10, 15 goals a season and he used to score all sorts of goals. I remember him being pretty good in the air and wasn't yeah. the biggest or most physical necessarily, but he was still pretty good in the air. And he moved further back as well. He moved into midfield, I think, under Mourinho and he still did a good job there. And yeah, then he got his move to Barcelona, which was weird. I thought that was one of the weirdest transfers yeah. at the time. But Fair play, he did it. Um, and yeah, he was because it was it was odd. But he was at, he must have been at Chelsea five six seasons. He was there a while, and like you said, like I always remember, like when he was through the middle, like just you know balls being whipped into him, it just be a glance and header, it'd be in the back of the net. But then if he was playing, I always remember mostly he was playing wide left, and like he'd be playing that almost like an inside forward cutting in onto his right, and he'd be chipping keepers, uh, whipping them in, you know, top corner, bottom corner, his right foot. But um, first touch was something else as well. Like, just seriously, uh, seriously talented player, exciting player to watch. And, um, yeah, it's... Um, I'm going to have to Wikipedia him later, because, like, I'm sure after, after Barcelona, he just went through that many different clubs. But, uh, yeah, certainly he won a lot of trophies. I, he must have won everything at Chelsea. League, Champions League, um, FA Cup, all of that. So, um, you know, some serious going. I don't like to put everything on trophies, but I think you mentioned it. Every season he'd be getting 10, 15 goals. So, yeah, he uh, certainly... I, I was tempted to put him higher up the list, but then, you know, that top five, top five selection is already tight enough. Do you know the famous trivia about his dad? No. So his debut, he got subbed on for his dad. Right. So they never played together. I don't know if that was his Iceland debut or his actual club debut. But yeah, yeah the names, that was a dream the names, Icelandic names, because they're spelt after their fathers, aren't they? So like they'll become, mm. was, it, was his dad called Good? So he became Good Johnson and then his son will be called like I Johnson or something. I'm sure it's, it works like that, but I had no idea he, he was, who did his dad play for then? Oh, he would have been, I don't know. I don't know what league he played in. It would have been probably either like the Dutch league or just the Icelandic league or something like that. I don't think he played in the Premier or top five 
get the time. Well, you know what? Like learning last week that Finland's not in Scandinavia, I had no idea. Good Johnson was uh, came on for his dad. That's my uh, that's my learning for this week. Some mm. stat though. Yeah, I mean it's it's the second mention of a father son, I suppose. Casper, isn't it? He's yeah, he's living up to his dad and stuff. But yeah, so we uh, we're going to the top five now. So you've got yeah. five. Five for me is going to be quite quick. We mentioned him. I put Morton Gamps there. I think trophies aside, you know, 200-odd games for Blackburn, scored some huge goals. Like, his goals caused a lot of upsets at big clubs. I'm sure he scored multiple goals against Man United across the years. A one-club man. The guy's an icon. Like, I think, like, most people from, like, watched 90s, early 2000s Premier League football would and you said Morton Gamps Pedersen they would be like for that guy's left foot was decent yeah so he, he makes it he makes it into my top five okay so my my five has been mentioned as well uh, it's Sammy Hippier no it's a big it's a big call but like, I think like now you're making me doubt whether I should have put him a further up higher because he, he's he won he won that many trophies with Liverpool again he was captain maybe as well I, I don't know how long I think he would have been captain for maybe them last kind of two or three years yeah he was, yeah. He was captain yeah he was good captain for a good couple of seasons um yeah won trophies led led Liverpool and that's no easy task like being captain Liverpool a lot of responsibility I actually I remember going to see Liverpool. I can't remember if he was playing. He must have been because it was Oivard Leonardson era. Mm. So it would have been maybe maybe ninety eight, and uh, yeah, he must have spent. Was he there ten years at Liverpool? Yeah, so I I value longevity quite a lot. So I that's probably the main thing that's popping it up because he. It's hard to think when his actual peak was. It was probably. In the middle of of his spell, like early two thousands, you know, like yeah. under Julier, like before Benitez got there and stuff, and um, that's that's kind of when he was up there. I mean, he was. Oh, I suppose you'd never put him in the conversation of best centre back in the Prem, but he was probably that level below. Just I think the sheer amount of games he's played, he's got to be one of the highest appearances on this list. He's not touching UC Ascalon as five hundred though. <laughs> I didn't realise he had that many. It games. must be close. Yeah. If it, he's done ten must... seasons he must have over three hundred. Yeah, he he's gonna be up there and I think I think you touched it like the longevity aspect. Um and especially like playing multiple seasons at a club like Liverpool, like high expectations, high pressure football yeah, no, he, he certainly did well. And, uh, yeah, like, making me rethink. I feel bad now for putting him down, down the list of mine. But, um, yeah, certainly deserves to be up there. So who's your number four? Right, so my number four, we, we mentioned him, or we mentioned his partner, one of his partners at the start, um, when we were talking about Ronnie Johnson. I've gone for Henningberg, number four. Oh. That is, uh, I've definitely missed that. That's not in mine, but he definitely should be. He's the first. Yeah. He's the first player to win Premier Two clubs, wasn't he? 
Yeah, first player yeah. to win the Blackburn and the United. Um, yeah, he should be in I there think, for sure. I think the thing with Henningberg is like I think a lot. He was always quite. He was quiet lad. I never like um, like remember Henningberg being that centre back, fucking like yelling at players, grabbing mm. them by the stuff in the neck and everything like that. But like what I do remember is like he could read the game and he could pick a pass like he like could ping a ball down the pitch and pick someone out and um, I think that, like we said the two Premier Leagues were two different clubs that's a decent stat to your name it's obviously been broken since but well over 300 games in the Premier League treble winner I don't think he played in the final that 98-99 final but. Um, yeah, he, he had to be in the top five for me because he's done it all. Like, he's won the trophies, longevity, and, uh, yeah, just a serious talent. Mm. Yeah, I, I think because um, of who his partners were, so it would have been Yapstam, Colin Hendry, mainly. Those two are so loud and... Uh, yeah. I don't know if iconic's the right word, but, you know... Hey, Kendry definitely Chris Haircut. Yeah, yeah. But but Berg was there, yeah, and he's done. A, he's had a lot of appearances, and as you say, the trophies. I think probably was a little bit before my time. So by the time um, I kind of was watching regularly, I think he was. At, I think he might have been at Villa or just on the bench at, at Man United. Right. Something like that. So, yeah. But no, he, he should definitely be in there, to be fair. Like, he would have had, what, three or four Premier League titles to his name. And to be to be in and around that Man United team, even for, like, three, four years or whatever, you've got to be a top player to even last more than yeah. a season. Because Fergie just, he just chopped and changed, didn't he? If you weren't all that, you you were gone. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like, and it probably it says a lot for Berg's character because I think Fergie was a lot, as much as he had to be talented, like <clears throat> Fergie respected a lot of people um, in terms of their character, persona, and um, by all accounts, he was a proper professional Berg. And uh, yeah, fair play to him, won it all. I, I think he's a bit like Hooper as well. I think he's got on to manage clubs. I don't know where he's at. You know, it's going to be that many players I'm going to be researching after this. But, um, yeah, another defender that's gone on to manage. So, yeah, he's he, he, he took the four spot for me. That's a top shout, yeah. I, I think if we do a joint one at the end, he's he's got to be well high up there. I, I just completely, that completely blanked out of my mind. But, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely up there. But my number four, I know that you won't have in your list because he's still a current player. And that is Christian Eriksen. I think if you look at the last eight or nine years he's been in the Prem, he's always been in and around the best number 10s. Never the best, but kind of in that top Always up there. For a yeah. long time. And like he's got the set pieces, you know, the final pass. He could kind of do a job in a couple of positions he could sort of go a bit deeper play on the left uh, I hate putting him in here really because he's a Tottenham legend but he was a top player and actually looking back at it I remember when we got Ozil and people were saying that you know Ericsson can't be that good because so many top teams passed on him and he ended up at Tottenham but 
Yeah, actually, it would have been much better for Arsenal if we got Ericsson back then. I was about to say, you would take Christian Ericsson over Ozil every time now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, after what happened at the Euros, him coming back is, yeah, just ridiculous that he's, he's managed to do that. And now looks like, well, when this goes out, he may already be a Man United player, so. Uh, yeah. that, that, right. that will I think that'll hurt me if he ends up at United because it was, it was refreshing to see him not only to see him back recovered but what he did like did at Brentford just like, like you said he's a proper f- professional a talented player you know 110% every game can play higher up mm. behind those front guys can drop back and I was really hoping he, he, he and well I still hope that you know he's, he goes back to Brentford but um, it does sound like uh, he's, he's old Trafford bound. They love a Danish player, Brentford. They're, uh, I think their owner owns... Michelin. Or, or Michelin, yeah. And they're sort of becoming Brentford's feeder club now. So that, mm. that'll be interesting, considering they were in the Champions League and they're feeding players to a newly promoted Premier League. I'm sure they've got a striker over there, you know. Yeah, I'm sure they've got a striker at Michelin who's like seven foot. I forget his name though, but I'm surprised. They did like... at Ireland at one point, so you know Brentford had got promoted a few years earlier. Could have happened. Be up in Ireland right now, yeah. Oh, he's not made your list, has he? Oh, he hasn't kicked the ball yet. <laughs> yeah. <in the> <laughs> I was going to say you're not going to throw a curveball at me like yeah. Nice. No, he's going to flop. Five goals. You reckon he's gonna flop? No, no, I don't think he will. He, he's just, um, his finishing is too good. Like, yeah. even if you don't get the space that you get in Bundesliga, I think it doesn't necessarily matter when you're, you're that good at finishing. So, yeah, it'd do I, all right. I yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. And actually, I would, I would, as much as it's City, I do want to see him do well. He's an exciting talent. He's, he's, you know, a grounded lad. Yeah, properly excited to see how he does this season. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I'm a little actually, bit excited, but not not mad because I'm an Arsenal fan. You I'm got not, Jesus, mate. I've got yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who could do all right? He could do. We'll see. Yeah. And actually, yeah. talking of um, what's it, you, hold on, who was your number four? Your number four was yeah, that was Ericsson. Yeah, Ericsson, number three, and actually the talk of Scandinavian slash Nordic strikers brings me my number three. I've got down as Oli Gunnar. I've got the baby same. face yeah. assassin. Yeah. Norwegian. I think he was definitely, he was there when um, Berg was there, Jonsson was there. Who else did they have? They had a, I'm sure they had a couple of other Scandinavian players. I'll be honest, I, I, part of me was tempted to not, was to put him lower down my list. I was like, yeah, did he I, act, I'm the same, did he, to be honest. Did he but, do that much? I think it's the goals he scored. Like, he scored some yeah. huge goals. I think he he did a lot with his talent. Because, like, um, from what I remember about him, he wasn't, he wasn't fast. He wasn't strong. He, didn't he was at the right place have, at the right time. Yeah, yeah. He didn't particularly have much skill, like dribbling. But yeah, right place at the right time. Yeah, the mentality. The poacher. And, yeah, and he came off the bench a lot. And, you know, a lot of people 
that come off the bench just don't do anything when they come on. Like he he just did have a knack for scoring goals. He was the original super sub that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I've put that exact thing down here yeah. on mine. Like I'm sure he was the guy who sparked the term super sub. I think it must be a, like a mindset thing. Like mm. you know, you talk about players getting match fit, playing games and whatnot. But like to to come on as a sub and get up to speed. You know, with what, however long it is, I can't remember how long it was in that. Finally, you know, because Sheringham equalised, didn't he, in the champ, Champions League yeah. final, and and then Solskjaer obviously got the winner. I can't remember how long he'd been on the pitch. It wasn't long. Not long, but it uh, might have been his first touch. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, but it's just it. Yeah, he he had a knack for it. He, you know, he's the 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 super sub. You know. When you're trailing a game, need a point, need three points, you know, need that goal. He was that man, and um, I know he's he's good friends with the, the current Ipswich manager because he went to um, he was at Doncaster last season watching Ipswich play under our new manager Kieran McKenna because um, mm. I guess McKenna worked under Solskjaer at United for a bit. Um, so intrigued to see where Ollie goes next, but yeah, he makes my number three. It was. It was a bit of a stretch, like because when I was looking at his goal scoring record, I was like, "Did he score?" Maybe it was like one in four, yeah, all every four games. But um, it was that knack, knack to score big goals, to come on and you know, to you know, to secure those points that probably led to a lot of trophies um, and titles for United. I do, I do hate this stat, but the minutes per ninety stat, I think he would do quite well in. Like it would, it would show a lot better than a one in four guy. I think he'd be. Yeah. I think Gabriel Jesus is similar actually in that. I think he's got a really good minutes per ninety start. But yeah, it it would be interesting for Jesus, and it would have been interesting for Solskjaer to see him as the main guy in a team rather than. I suppose he had it to an extent for his national side, but. I mean, there was a few, weren't there? I'm sure Everson, Stephen Everson was um, in the team at the same time and stuff, so he didn't, he didn't completely yeah. have it. Tori Andre Flo as well, so yeah. But he, the amount of trophies he won, I think it is hard to argue against him being in the top three. Yeah, you also wonder if he could have played as a main striker. Like we say, when yeah. he's not got, he's not got strength and he's not got pace. Like, was that ability to come off the bench and just be, you know, find that little split second of or little bit of space between a tired defender and another? Yeah, interesting. But like you say, big goals, big trophies, like, can't be underrated. So, um, yeah, number three spot for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of big players that we haven't mentioned yet. So I'm wondering if, if you do mention them now. It's getting down nitty gritty time. Yeah. Who is your number two? My number two, I've put down, and you'll probably be happy about this. I think um, great Mohican through the years, and uh, I've mentioned him earlier. No, I mentioned it of him earlier. Bit like a Johnson, it's Mr. Freddie Lundberg. There you go. Yeah, what shirt that was. Well, this. Freddie Lundberg's my favourite ever player. What a he's, player. He's number two for me as well, which shows uh, my non-bias. But yeah, 
this guy was a hero growing up, really. And yeah, you mentioned the red hair. Yeah, every like musty day, red nose day, he used to whip out the spray paint, getting yeah. the heating on, pretending to be him. And he was a yeah, yeah, just, just proper character. I always remember. I, I can't remember the game or the, or the season it was, but I remember it was against Chelsea. Um, and he absolutely binned off John Terry. Uh, like Terry was all over him. Uh, ended up facing the dirt. Lundberg went through, curled it past probably Cudicini, was it? Maybe. Yeah. yeah so that that was the 2002 FA Cup final. So yeah, that's that's it. That's one of my favourite goals ever. Yeah, that's he just yeah he just put John Terry on the floor like he was made of paper and. Yeah, just he, he that season he got so many crucial goals. He was just getting winners every game, and I think he got voted the Premier League Player of the Year of some sort. Like, there was like three different awards. He got one. Right. I think Perez got one, and I think Van Nistelrooy might have got another one. But yeah, he was just hard working as well, like more than like Perez on the other side, and they had a really good. Understanding with Burkamp as well, like his, his runs in behind always. Burkamp used to find him. Yeah, I because he used to for me. I was always like, oh yeah, Lundberg, wide right. But then he started like it seems like now I think about it, seeing bits like old flashbacks or like seeing old footage. Like he did play across the front, mm. like he you know going through the middle, down the left. Um, like he just loved bringing the ball inside and curling a right footer, like. But um, yeah, obviously part of the Invincibles. When I was going through all these, I was like, nah. Like the guy scored some big goals, proper. For me, like a proper traditional winger, you know, pacey, small, wants to get by players, wants to, you know, create, score goals. Um, yeah, Mahican, Mahican topped it off, I reckon. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, he used to, yeah, he he could do he could do everything. I think really, but it's just because there's so many good attacking players in that team, and they tend to talk about Omri and Burkamp first, then Perez, and then Lundberg probably comes after Vieira, really. But I mean, yeah, he was my favourite. Like for sure, and Perez was Burkamp and Omri. I get and Vieira. I'd, I'd have, I would have Lundberg above Perez. I, I think uh, for me yeah, anyway. I think in like today's a, game as well, like he, he was better. He was more of a team player, I would say, as mm. well. And he just scored probably a more variety of goals too. So yeah, that and that yeah, that Chelsea goal was. My favourite. He, he did love a goal against Tottenham as well. Had a really yeah. good record against them, and he he scored in a couple of FA Cup finals too, which you know Omri never managed to score in a cup final for us. Yeah, so we bailed out a couple of times. I said, yes. yeah. All about the big goals. Yeah, got to have those guys to score in big games, big moments. Because there's been a there has been a lot of players over the year, not just like Scandinavians, like big players are like, oh yeah, they're you know best in the world, best in the world. But when the big games come, they don't always show up. So uh, yeah, you always need a character like Lundberg. 
he's still going to be there playing his normal game, giving his all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Haaland's potentially a little bit been paying with that brush already because mm. he's, he's scored a lot of goals, hasn't he, in the group stages of the Champions League and stuff. And then in the knockouts, he kind of just goes missing a little bit. But he's only I... what, 21, 22, so. Yeah, you see, yeah, I think a lot of it's <clears throat> going to be down to um, that switch to Pep. I didn't watch too much of him with his time at Dortmund, but it'll be interesting to see how he trans, you know, translates to playing under Pep under their style. Obviously, uh, as good as Dortmund are, um, City are, you know, the likes of De Bruyne, Mares, um around him. You know, it's going to be he's probably going to have a lot more to feed off. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's a properly excited to see how he does. Because he is a big character. He's a big lad. Obviously, following on in his father's footsteps as well. It's. Um, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of neutral fans across English football this year. Probably world football. Just kind of excited to see how he does. But yeah, push will come to push come to shove in the Champions League. That's when he needs to step up because that's when Pep will expect him to shine. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that will be interesting to see how he gets on there. That's All right. So, number one, I think we've probably got the same. We've got to, surely. Keeper? Keeper, yeah. Thomas Sorensen, yeah. I went with Anthony Amy, but then I remembered he's Scottish. <laughs> so I can't Oh, is he? Yeah. No, it's... Jokes aside, I put it's got to be it's got to be the Great Dane. It's got to be uh, Schmeichel Senior. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like just the icon. Like I just think back to growing up, jumpers for goalposts down on the local green, just diving around. You know, you'd always be, all oh, right, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Peter Schmeichel in goal, and you'd be him, and just dive around like the guy was just goalkeeping icon. Huge, strong hands. Uh, fearless. Yeah, I mean, you can see it in Casper. Like, just comes out, mm. makes makes himself huge. And um, I know we mentioned like Schmeichel Senior wasn't great at penalties, but he did save a massive penalty against um, against. Bastion, wasn't it? No, no, no. With Arsenal. I'm, oh, I'm sure oh, it was I, wanna, I don't want to remember that Burkham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the semi final. Yeah. yeah, it was. was it was a, like the last uh, minute of the game as well. Yeah, and, but there was some. I'm, I'm trying to think of the stat because a mate of mine's an Arsenal fan, and he, he told me this stat a while back. It was something stupid like Schmeichel not saved a penalty for five years or something. Um, and Burkamp stepped up and hadn't missed one in like five years, but but you know Schmeichel saved it. Just again, huge moment. Like you know whether it's a, a Nordic Scandinavian mentality, like they just show up in the those big moments. But yeah, Schmeichel for me, when I think you know top ten. Nordic Scandinavian players, he's he's the one I think of. Yeah, I think this was this was pretty clear, like that that he would be the number one. Really, I mean, personally, I don't have him as the best goalie ever in the Prem, but I, I think he's he's so iconic and he's probably a massive hero to you know the one that I probably do think is the best in Petr Cech. Who's 
Oh, yeah, Czech, Czech was a serious keeper. I was going to say, you could you could see a lot of Schmeichel in Czech's keeping, like, mm. over the years. But, um, yeah, the other thing with Schmeichel as well, is like some of the kits he, he was lucky, I say lucky enough, some of the kits he donned over the years, just iconic, like those big, huge, padded elbow goalkeeper kits, late 90s, mm. yeah. Always remember him diving around, really bright coloured kits. Yeah, big number one spot I think is uh, yeah the place for him. Yeah, and he and he scored goals as well, which how many for a goalkeeper is a massive bonus. How many, what it was uh how many did he get across his career? Because it was obviously the um, who was it against? It was like off the corner. Yeah, I think it was against Everton. I think he played for Villa at the time, but he got a few. He got a few for United, but I'm not sure if he got any in the Prem. But in, in his whole career, he must have got over ten, I reckon. He got six. I, I've had to. I've had to Wikipedia. I couldn't hold back any longer when he was playing in the Danish what? first division. What, for United played... or all time? Oh no no no! All time he played. All time across his whole career, he got nine goals. Yeah, in six hundred and two games, um, so nine goals. Bear in mind, six of those were in nineteen eighty-five when he was playing in the Danish first division for a, a team hid for. He got Hidiable. five in one season. Six, six, six in, in one, one season. season. He played twenty-eight games and scored six times. So, um, but yeah, we don't see enough keepers scoring goals. Which is weird because they're all so good with their feet now. Yeah, <laughs> the old sweeper yeah. keeper. We also don't see enough centre backs that can play number nine either. That used to be a yeah. Then the likes of Dion Dublin, Richard mm. Naylor at Ipswich back in the day. But uh, yeah, no, Schmeichel's a proper proper icon. Yeah, lucky enough actually because <clears throat> we did um we did the uh, or we do the Schmeichel beer in the mm. old um, Denmark. Denmark 92 kit? 92? Yeah, I think it's yeah. 92. And um, I went to, I think it was last year, or the year before, I went for my birthday to see him do his, uh, do a talk in his new book um, over in Leicester. And uh, kind of, I was I, I was lined up to meet him. I just like emailed his manager and said that I love football, I love Schmeichel. Can I drop him off some beers? You know, we've you know made them in tribute to him and... Uh, it, it it didn't line up because he was delayed, but then he uh, he did tweet me a couple of days later and just said thanks for the beers and a uh, proper proper kind of weak of the knees moments seeing that, that you know childhood icon uh, holding a you know a beer that I've made. But yeah, no serious uh, seriously cool guy to be fair. I think uh, great to see Schmeichel Junior doing it as well in the Prem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll be. Yeah, you know, he's he's gonna say that's one of his biggest achievements as well, having Casper yeah. in a Premier League title as well. Right. So doing a joint ten. Now we've got a joint three already at the top. Yeah. I to be fair, I'd say I completely forgot Henningberg. And I think with his you know, with his trophy cabinet and things like that, he's a very, very good shout for number four. As well, yeah. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I I agree with that. Now, number five, I'm tempted to say Ida because we both got him quite high. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of these guys played for, well, I don't know, Chelsea weren't a top club for his whole time there, but a lot of the guys were playing for like, you know, Europa League. UEFA Cup sides or, or a bit lower, whereas Johnson won a Prem pretty consistent in his years there and stuff. And yeah, the fact that we both got him at number six anyway, like, it's not much. It's not much. Anyway, it's mu- really. Yeah, because to be fair, as much as I love Morton Gamst, like, on paper, like, in hindsight, Ida probably should be above, you know. I'd probably swap my five and six around. Morton, number six. Good Johnson, number five. Um, if it was going on icons, I think Morton would be top number one, no matter what. But Good Johnson, I think we both agreed, was probably underrated. Yeah. Probably not talked about enough within this kind of conversation. He's he's done a lot. And at the top, you know, top teams. Yeah, definitely think, yeah, number five there. Yeah, and then six. Yeah, you're probably talking. Well, I mean, I can I can see your point about you know letting players uh, retire before being in this like this. I still think Ericsson, in his whatever eight years here, has had more of a career than you know some of the ones lower down on my list and um, and on yours at the at the kind of lower end but yeah I think maybe six is probably a little bit too high so I'd probably say yeah either sort of Morgans Pedersen Sammy Hookier these sort of players yeah, yeah it's difficult so, it's, like it's, it's weird isn't it because like being a current player and being you know like I suppose within that region of icons, nostalgia and everything, it's difficult because, you know, things can get blurred, can't they? Because he has done a lot, Ericsson. You know, probably far more than far more than Morton Gamps did, but kind of Morton Gamps because that era, he's kind of gained that iconic status. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough proper... old... It's a proper... It's a tough one. And, there was, you know, there was, there was so many more players that could have gone in this in this list, like, just absolute curveballs that I've forgotten. I think it just highlights how good, or how good Scandinavian Nordic football's been and uh, is at the minute. Yeah, generally, like, when when they go into the team, they do do a job and they don't tend to really flop. Like, this is, again, why I don't think Holland will flop, really, because there's been so many Scandinavians that have come over and done really well, so... Yeah, I, I can't see him doing that. But, yeah, to, to go back to the list, I suppose, maybe then Hupier at six and Morton Gamst at seven. Because Hupier's got yeah. that. Yeah. That longevity over, whatever, ten years. Longevity. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he has got the trophies to back it up. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think Morton Gamst-Pedersen has got this longevity too, but uh, probably some of that was in... The championship because yeah, as I said, I think he did stick about when when they got relegated. No, um, yeah, he was off. Oh, okay, 
and then we're we're into number eight. So just looking at who we've both got. So we've both got John Arnaris is up there. Actually, yeah, he's the only one. Well, should we put? I think Ericsson. Ericsson at eight. If you're. Yeah. And then Risa at nine. Risa at nine. Yeah, that works for me. Right, so then there's one spot now, number ten. So I'll, I'll definitely, yeah, I've definitely been off Casper um, actually. I think, and then probably, probably Melberg as well. I, I do like that Yussi Askelainen shout. That's probably another one where I've, I've forgotten, and that's why he's not in my ten. But I, I do really like that shout. Because um, I'm actually, I'm just looking through this this tweet. That is just mad. The amount of uh, the amount of names t- totally that I just totally forgot. Uh, mm. Per Franton, who was at Bolton. Who else? We Klaus Jensen, who was at Charlton. Uh, yeah. This is an absolute icon. Thomas Brolin. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's iconic in the Premier League for the wrong reasons. I yeah. mean, like. I can't believe that that is probably actually the only one that really has come with big expectations and flopped. But I don't know if he just got into um, like roast dinners and full English yeah. breakfast and stuff <laughs> a little bit too much. I know there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Charlton fans tweeting about Klaus Jensen, and to be, I I did remember like he he scored quite a few you know big free kicks like mm. screamers. Ipswich fans on my back about Herman Horidison, uh, big Icelandic defender, but I'm sure he holds the title for like most relegations. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, he's been yeah. relegated with five teams. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's yeah, I think yeah, I have to pass on him. But um yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It's uh I think mean, I think we like top ten, but yeah, certainly some names that could have could have snuck in there probably. Mm. Yeah, so you happy with uh Yaskalana at ten? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I'd I'd drop Zlatan Zlatan had his moment, but I like I feel U C probably deserves that ten spot. He okay. did it. He did it year in, year out. Um, yeah. Yeah, 500 appearances. Like, that's that's mental. I didn't I didn't think he'd have that many. But I suppose if you're playing week in, week out, which really is a goalie, you're potentially playing 38 game seasons. You, I say only, you only need 12 or 13 years. Whereas, like, someone like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would probably need... 15 to 16 years or something to get that many yeah. chances. Mad as well. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll read out the 10. So at number 10, you see Eskeline and number 9, John Onorisa. Number 8, Christian Eriksen. Number 7, Morton Gamps Pedersen. Number 6, Sammy Hupier. Number 5, Ida Johnson. Number four, Henningberg. Number three, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Number two, Freddie Lundberg. Number one, Peter Schmeichel. We've done it. What a list. What a list, yeah. And there is, like, this is one where, like, there's so many... There is actually 
such a deep pool of honourable mentions. Like some of them, there's like a clear ten or fifteen, um, and then and then there's a real drop off. But this one just keeps going and going and going, probably till you're like fifty or hundred yeah. players in. Thomas Graveson was another name that got mentioned oh, a lot. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was top top player when he was. Um, Seb Larson, another Arsenal youth player, wasn't there as well? Yeah. So yeah, like like you said, the the the, the extras, um, the pool of other players that could have featured. Um, yeah, it just goes to show like Nordic Scandinavian football just properly has been thriving, is still thriving. Um, I know whenever I play FM or Championship Manager back in the day. I'd always be scouting up in the uh, up in those lowly divisions up in Norway, Sweden, and whatnot, looking for the uh, the next gem. Yeah, and there's there's plenty more to come. I think like because I think is is it Finland's got to the first international tournament either ever yeah. or in thirty years or something. Iceland the mm. same, and I think they they got to two, they got to two in a row, didn't they? So even them kind of fringe. Scandinavian slash Nordic countries are, are coming to the forefront now. So yeah, it's yeah. I, I think the talent pool's probably never been as big, really. And like Haaland has got the potential to be a bigger, a bigger superstar than anyone else, like ever. From he must like yeah, yeah, he must be. I like I mentioned it earlier. Like I went to Stockholm and like. Zlatan seemed to be everywhere, like billboards, phone boxes, like shops, like just Zlatan, you know, is everywhere. And I imagine, like, Holland in time could, you know, have has that potential. Either way, though, I imagine as well, like, there's going to be a lot of young Scandinavian Nordic, you know, youngsters coming through, you know, looking at him and just being in tournaments like the World Cup, um, Euros, whatever, like, just inspiring inspiring the next generation but um, it, you know it's massive when you, you countries like that featuring the big tournaments players go to the big clubs because it yeah like I said inspires that next generation yeah yeah definitely and yeah I, I don't think it'd be long till like one of these pop up and I mean Denmark did quite well at the Euros but yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them pop up in the next 10 years and win win like the Euros or something like that no, yeah, we need a, we need a, we need, we need like a wonder kid from the Faroe Islands just to, <laughs> just to cap it all off. Yeah, uh, one day. Well, that'll be the next pod, top ten, <laughs> top ten players from the Faroe Islands. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> another future episode. I'm not sure that'll do as well actually, but we'll, we shall see. You never so, know. I think it's, yeah. Twitter's a mad world. You know, like I that that tweet had. All sorts of uh, Nordic Scandinavian folk commenting, and there was definitely some Faroe. I don't are they called Faroese or Faroe Islands? You know, know, people on there commenting like, oh, "Don't forget us, we're we're in Scandinavia." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There's your next your next list. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, Josh, thank you for coming on. Before we let you go, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I run a Way Days beer company. It is it's all about celebrating the beautiful game with beautiful beer. So uh, I make a range of beers that celebrate icons, uh, moments, of, you know, the game that we love. You know, the bottles, the cans all kitted out in retro kits uh, just to kind of spark that nostalgia. So we've got uh, we've got Down the Gullet. Uh, we've got Son of Santos, we've got Cantonar's Collar, we've got Bundeslager. Range is massive. I think so far we've released 26, 26 beers. And it's, yeah, it's growing. It's just, you know, uh, um, there's a lot of people that love great beer and love football and um, just trying to bring bring that community together to grow it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's getting there. You can find out more um, by searching on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, at Away Days Beer, and you can order the beers online at awaydaysbeer.com. Yeah, no, it's it's a crazy journey. Uh, it's a drunken idea that's, you know, probably gone a bit too far. But, uh, yeah, love every day of it. And uh, the other thing I should say as well, we've, we've always we've, – I'm trying to think how many beers we've got in the range now that have just come from um, – have come from people suggesting names like this one here down the – well, it's down the gullet. It's a play on the 88 Holland kit and Rude Hullet. Somebody suggested the name to me. We put it to, you know, Twitter and Instagram polls and everyone was like, yeah, that needs to happen. And uh, it's in the range. So, yeah, really focused on, like I said, bringing people together that love beer, that love football and um, trying to have them a part of the journey as well. Yeah, I thought Bundeslager was a good name, but down the gullet is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's, it it is dangerous. I've had a number of people over the years. I say over the years, like it's been going on forever. It's only like two years, but Adam Lalaga, I get I get requested a lot, which just you know is not happening. Um, I don't think Lalaga's he's not done quite enough just yet. Yes, there's a lot. There's um, trying to work on some uh, some naught percent slash low low ABV beers at the minute. So um, I know nil nil's been suggested a lot. Um, got another, have got a cracker up the sleeve actually, but uh, just just waiting, waiting to see see if it can work. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you could like I said, you can find out a bit more on the socials. Go give us a follow. It always helps small business. And um, yeah, it's just great to chat football over a beer. Nice one. Yeah, thanks again, Josh. And yeah, guys, remember to, to check him out, Away Days Beer. And of course, remember to keep it. Beer, 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 beer. Cheese. 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 No, 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 no.